I have a video of me doing like a whole lip sync to that in drag in my basement by myself, which I showed to my French class in high school just for fun. What is wrong with me? Welcome to You Made Me Queer. I'm your host, Trevor Campbell. It's so nice to see you here. You look taller and happier and stronger. Did you have a nice St. Patrick's Day? Did you eat something green? You probably can't do what you normally do, which, uh, depending on who you are and where you are, might involve drinking green beer. Instead, maybe you ate something else green. Maybe you had a kale chip. As for me... Uh, I have been slowly chipping away at the tub of pistachio ice cream in my freezer. And I just have a little spoonful at a time, uh, what I call in my life a button, if you will, to sort of, to kind of put the final touch on on a dinner to cleanse my palate. Uh, and I just have a little, little tiny bit for two reasons. One, it lasts longer. And two, I like to identify and then deprive myself of things that I love because it gives me a false sense of control, according to my therapist. Uh, hey, Jane, what up? Oh, should I not say her name? I just said Jane. I just said the first name. You don't know her last name. And it's on Zoom, so she could be anywhere in the world. So I am keeping my patient therapist confidentiality agreement, unspoken agreement, intact. Also, like the protagonist of every good Bible story, I like punishment. Oh, uh, segue, <laughs> while we're talking about the Bible, uh, did you hear that the Vatican has announced that Catholic priests are prohibited from blessing same-sex unions because uh, God allegedly, quote, unquote, and I wrote this down, does not and cannot bless sin. Gorgeous, isn't it? I wonder which uh, Vatican copywriter penned that one. Uh, so, th Vatican, and uh, on behalf of God, I suppose, thank you for the update. Please continue to pop out of your little hole every now and then, every every uh, spot in the news cycle, and just remind us of what you can't do and won't do. It's super helpful, very timely, or not. You know, I don't personally like the new Sia album, but I'm not trolling Sia to let her know that I won't support it and that I personally think her uh, career may have peaked with the song Chandelier. It's just not helpful. It's not helpful. So thank you, though, and you are entitled to your opinion. You are not invited to my gay wedding, however. On the flip side of that bullshit... Uh, a court in Japan has just ruled that the government's ban on same-sex marriage is unconstitutional. And as a former resident of Japan for several years, and as a country I like very much, um, and would honestly probably punch the face of someone that I love in order to be in a hot spring in Japan right now, and I once met RuPaul's Drag Race alumni, Thorgy Thor, at a club in Tokyo called Eagle, 
Anyway, the point is,、uh, I'm here for you,、uh, Japan. I think that's great, and and I'm just happy to know that the Vatican can't ruin everyone's fun. So stand for yourself.、Uh, okay, <laughs> enough legal proceedings. That's just a portion of what I bring to you as a podcast, and、uh, because it is my、uh, want to do so. But let's move right along. We have a very, very, very special guest today, who I'm extremely excited about. My guest today on "You Made Me Queer" is comedy legend Gavin Crawford. Gavin is an Alberta native who graduated with a BFA from the acting program at the University of British Columbia, Canada's maybe most favored province. Gavin moved to Toronto, where he quickly took the comedy scene by storm. After a stint as a cast member at Second City, he created and starred in three seasons of the Gavin Crawford Show on the Comedy Network, a show with your own name. That's a milestone. What have I done with my own name? What have I done other than smear it? Many more TV gigs followed for Gavin, including eight seasons on CBC Institution. This hour has 22 minutes. He's performed at Montreal's Just for Laughs, the Edinburgh Fringe Fest, the Aspen Comedy Festival, and many, many, many more funny gatherings. He has been all over your TV on Corner Gas, The Red Green Show, Murdoch Mysteries. Uh, also, along with past, you made me queer guest Jay Sean Elliott, who had a two-episode arc. But I digress. Gavin also joined Andrew Lloyd Webber as the host of How Do You Solve a Problem Like Maria, a truly insane game show that ran on CBC in Canada, in which a lineup of young sopranos and dirndls competed to play Maria von Trapp in a production of The Sound of Music. Fun fact. My college roommate and friend of you made me queer, Jana Polzin, was the runner-up in that competition. Hi, Jana, if you're listening. But all that aside, Gavin is funny, 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 and does a very good Australian accent in this interview. I think you are going to love it. A few quick notes: we recorded this just before Valentine's Day. We do mention some Valentine's-related. Material and what you might consider now some slightly passe TV, such as Bridgerton and Queen's Gambit. I know it feels like old news, but cast your mind back, you goldfish millennial! How dare you? I am actually also on the tail end of being a millennial, so I have no right to throw a judgmental stone at your glass house. Is that how the saying goes? We also mentioned Gavin's Zoom background in this podcast, which you obviously cannot see. It is a still from the Studio Ghibli classic *Spirited Away*, which you should go watch immediately after listening to this episode. Anyway, all that aside, you are ready to enjoy my conversation with comedy superstar Mr. Gavin Crawford. People can't see this right now because this is, in fact, a podcast. But Gavin has between ten and fifteen trails of wires、uh, descending <laughs> from his brain, like some sort of cyborg. I am basically. <laughs> I'm a Cylon. That's perfect.、Uh, I will have you know,、uh, since you chose that background, I lived in Japan for almost four years, and I lived just kind of down the street from the Studio Ghibli Museum. Oh, so that I can see drawings of you in some of the backgrounds if I watch really closely. Most of the main characters in those movies are based. On me. That's what I thought. Yeah, it does seem like that. <laughs> I did work in a bathhouse for most of my childhood, but that's a completely separate story. <laughs> And a lot of them were radish spirits. That's right. 
But that's what I prefer, and I'm not sorry about it. It makes sense. It only makes sense. <laughs> so where are you connecting from? Are you in Toronto or elsewhere? I'm in Toronto, as I have been for a very long time. What seems like the longest time I've ever been in Toronto. Yeah, I bet. I was thinking the other day, this is probably like the first time I've ever gone longer than three months without like, you know, having a gig somewhere, going anywhere since I was like probably 17 and I moved <laughs> away from home. Shoot, because you're from out west, right? Yeah. So it's very weird to just be like, here we are in our houses for what seems like the rest of our lives. That's right. Will I die here? Also, because, yeah, it's I mean, maybe you have some things that are sort of TBD on the horizon, but certainly you can't schedule anything. No. And I mean, anything, even if you even put out something like in July, you're like, oh, well, will we be vaccinated by July? And will these potential venues exist in July? Yeah, it's very... It's, uh, it's been a year. Well, listen, I'm right now I'm focused on getting through the winter, which would seem like a huge achievement to me. I know, but it's not even, even the winter's disappointing this winter. <laughs> like, it's not even cold. Yeah. It's just gray and medium. <laughs> Barely any snow. Yeah, like, you're like, could we at least, if you're stuck already at home, could you at least be like, you know give some blizzard action so you're like oh thank goodness i don't have to drive on these roads <laughs> thank god i can stay home i know something to look at yeah have you picked up any weird sort of pandemic hobbies for example sourdough uh yeah the other last week i for no reason sliced up some lemons and made candied lemon slices <gasps> like the kind that you garnish a drink with basically because i had too many lemons and i was like i wonder if i can do this and so i did and then i made made myself a fancy little jar of candied lemon slices which i which i then was eating during like a zoom meeting i was eating them like chips <laughs> i felt like the weird like like i should have been in a caftan or something like the i like the caterpillar from alice in wonderland being like who are you as i'm snacking on my weird lemon chips i've become like an old an eclectic old gaming <laughs> a gaming yeah yeah that's a very if that becomes your regular rotation snack i mean that's quite a statement yeah it's like the gayest of all pringles <laughs> <laughs> gay Pringles. If you can make Pringles gayer. Don't you think Pringles are the gay chip? I think Pringles, are, I mean, there are a lot of things. The short answer is yes. Uh, <laughs> that mascot, I, have, I am always medium to high attracted to. He's like a mistake. He's like the village person who got cut in the, the test rounds. Well, he's just basically a mustache. <laughs> well. It's just an onion with a mustache on it. Yeah, it's a gay chip. Do you like a Pringle? And I don't mean that as a metaphor. Uh, in either case, in both cases, yes. <laughs> Favorite flavor? Uh, probably regular. Uh, I don't. I feel like adding flavors to Pringles is it's like putting glitter on glitter. It's a lot, but Pringles is a chip uh, who takes a risk. Yeah, because there are some Pringles flavors where you're like, really? I just got dill pickle Pringles, <gasps> and uh, let me tell you, not a good. It was not an enjoyable tub. <laughs> But you still ate them in one sitting. I did. I still got to the bottom of the tube uh, while watching Bridgerton. And uh, shoot, I have yet to watch Bridgerton. I do this. Do you do this as well? When it's like the big boom of a show, I feel like if I give it a week, 
that I've achieved some sort of cultural prestige because I could resist. Yeah. I mean, it's not that great. <laughs> There's not a lot in it for us, if you know what I mean. I do. But I heard there was some queer intrigue. Yeah, but like very, very like, let's just shove this in uh, for no reason. Like an errant butt. Yeah. One of the character like has a friend. For a while you think like, oh, this character might turn out to be gay. Oh, no, he just has a, a gay friend. What about Queen's Gambit? Did you watch that? I didn't, uh, but uh, my husband did and keeps wanting me to watch it, but I can't get past she, her bangs. She's in that, that show. The protagonist is hair. Yeah. So I know I will. I'm sure I will watch it at some point, but it's like every time I see that straight off bang cut, yeah. it just makes me think like, I wonder what else is on. You've got to make hard choices. Like the other day with my boyfriend, I was watching Netflix and 15 minutes into the scroll is when you're like, we're we're watching the next thing we see. Yeah, that's how you end up on world's most elaborate homes. <laughs> As eight part miniseries. Yeah. I did watch Octopus Teacher, which I worst name of anything ever and quite charming. Yeah, I did like, I liked my Octopus Teacher, even though I keep calling it my Octopus Lover though, which I think would have been a better title, but... And and a better film. Yeah. I mean, they really missed an opportunity. But this is your opportunity because, every, I mean, everyone, speaking of being on a podcast, everyone is cranking out home content right now. <laughs> so I feel like throw up a, a green sheet and My Octopus Lover is yours to share with the world. Perfect. I'll just have to go. I just have to order a squid. <laughs> Sick. It's going to be great. I try to read the news every morning. Am I tapping out pretty hard? Yes. Yeah. So I'm trying to find the gems of not positive, but just something interesting so I can think about something new through the day. For example, today I read an article about how the EU has just approved mealworms safe for consumption. Well, I mean, it's in the name. It's the, You know what? If any worm is ready. If any worm was like, you know, <laughs> the, it's the mealworm. Some may say their birthright. It's true. Have you ever eaten an insect before? Uh, yes. Go on. I mean, really, does it need more explanation? Than... <laughs> no, I... Which one? What's the context? Well, I've eaten crickets. I've eaten oh. dried crickets. Uh, I think four because news because there was a while when like dried cricket powder was like coming to Canada and so we all had to try dried cricket powder. It's high in protein, right? Yeah, I mean crickets kind of taste a little bit like Doritos <laughs> if they spice them up right. It's just crunchy kind of thing. Yeah. I've eaten a scorpion, I think, uh, once in Arizona. Just just out out in its natural habitat. Yeah, that was just because I was just you know I just was hungry and I grabbed a scorpion. <laughs> no, it was like some kind of like at some market. See that's funny because in this mealworm article when they were trying to like the pr person working for them trying to win people over in the press statement he's like well you know some of these animals are not that different it's like lobster and scorpion we don't eat scorpion but we eat lobster but you've eaten both yeah i mean yeah and lobsters are basically sea roaches i think lobsters are grosser they're not great no it's i mean they're delicious but if you think about it too hard <laughs> yeah. it's not I feel like there's a lot of sort of like room buzz of the ocean. Yeah, like there's a, a, there's like probably things that you're just like, oh, this is just a garburator of the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Yet somehow it's our our fine dining go-to choice. <laughs> so you never know. Hard-shelled shitbag. You do never know. Oh, and now I'm afraid that now that me someone's going to pitch mealworms and then they're going to make us, they're going to bring in a bunch of mealworms and we're going to have to eat them on the show this week. You should start writing some jokes now. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for the heads up on that. Sorry. Have you seen any good news recently that like a story that really jumps out that you thought was especially uh, funny, unmissable? No. I mean, I don't know. 
we're, we're having a lot of fun with the fact that the bachelors rented out the entire Jasper lodge for their next season of the bachelorette <laughs> is season 42 right now. Yeah, exactly. Like filling up this 492 room hotel. It's going to be like the shining only just with like yes. one Shelley Duvall and a whole bunch of Jack Nicholson. <laughs> I would watch the reverse of that. <laughs> yeah. One Jack Nicholson, a lot of vengeful Shelley Duvall's. That's right. Just a, a hotel in the wilderness full of Shelley Duvall characters from throughout her career. That sounds incredible. That would be great. However, we're instead we're getting the Bachelorette. Yeah, it's a it's a missed opportunity. And then I keep seeing ads on Instagram for Valentine's Day craft dinner. I just saw that today. It, which doesn't that look disgusting? Where they say it's cheesy, it's sweet, and it's totally pink. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't get how cheesy and sweet is going together no you've already lost me and it looks uh speaking of lobster it looks sort of shrimp or lobster flavored it does it does not it doesn't look good this is what it doesn't look it doesn't look like a happy valentine's day put it this way if your beloved brings you pink craft dinner run (laughs) craft dinner already if they bring you craft dinner sit down and have a conversation yeah but the stunt craft dinner yeah if your valentine's day meal consists of pink craft dinner maybe search around think again (laughs) it's my advice that's right get back on the apps is there a pink pringle of any variety that's a nice gift not yet probably there will be some breast cancer pringle to raise money awareness for breast cancer aware yeah awareness is the crucial word for the breast cancer pringle yeah exactly. not just on its own oh well you know there are shrimp chips and they're not bad yeah yeah a good prawn cracker i think that's a nice way to express affection in physical form shrimp pringles <laughs> Just a prawn, a prawn snack. Prongles. <laughs> and we're done. I know. Are we starting yet? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, we truly cannot top prongles. <laughs> it's very bad. It's a pandemic. Give me a break. <laughs> Prondemic? <laughs> Listen, we could talk about crustaceans all day, but perhaps we should move over to the reason for you being here other than to debut some quite flashy Zoom backgrounds. This podcast is called You Made Me Queer, and it is an opportunity for you to blame someone or something for your queerness because when we were younger, people were desperately trying to understand why, but could not find the scientific reason for rampant queerness. And of course, now we know uh, so many of them, and there's really quite a lot. I'm sure once the the testing for mealworms gets to a more advanced stage, we'll find out they're complicit as well. If only we knew (laughs) the real culprits. If only we knew. And there's so many, but at least today, you can isolate a few of them. So Gavin... Who made you queer? Um, the first thing I was thinking about this a lot, I'm trying to think the first, uh, the very first, it's a trifecta of people who share the blame for this. And it's the, it's the heady combo of Julie Andrews, Mary Tyler Moore, and Carol Channing. <gasps> the three of them together in a little movie called Thoroughly Modern Millie. Well, I was going to say, because that's the Bananarama lineup I want to see, but I will also accept that. Uh, yeah, because when I was probably like, I don't know, seven or eight, I think Thoroughly Modern Millie came on, the you know, the one channel that we got in those days. Yeah. And my mom was like, oh, you should watch this. You'll like this movie. Uh, and she was right. Just sitting in my kitchen and watching, suddenly seeing Julie Andrews like with her like beads that wouldn't hang flat because her chest was too big and she uh, she's shopping around. And that movie has everything. Like it's got drag, like James at one point, like I think it's James Gavin who has to go like, because there's like, it's now when I like look back at it, I'm like, I'm like, oh, this movie has like very 
problematic racial stuff in it. Oh, like, oh yeah, Thoroughly Modern Millie does not hold up for the no, record. No, like there's like it's like they're selling girls into the slave trades. Beatrice <laughs> Lily is playing like a, a like a yellow face character. Yeah, uh, like but I mean when you're eight and you <laughs> you don't know any of those undertones. Yeah, I mean, there's like, she's in the big city, and then there's like an elevator that's broken, and you have to tap dance to get it to work. And then Carol Channing, like, just comes whizzing in for no reason in a plane, just being like, raspberry. And the, the eight is the perfect age to really just appreciate the lighter tones of sex trafficking, too. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, and they're like, oh, sad to be all alone in the world, isn't it? And then they, <laughs> and then there's like a crazy car chase and like a 1920s convertible coupe and yeah it's pretty uh it would just dazzled my senses and then i think uh there was pretty much no going back so what about that i mean and also if you could if i could ask you in 10 seconds or less for those among us who have not seen thoroughly modern millie as a musical or a movie what happens uh julie andrews plays uh like kind of girl from the sticks she goes to new york city uh she moves into this all girls only hotel but then the girls are kind of disappearing mary tyler moore moves in and she's like her best friend julie andrews is trying to marry her rich boss but he falls in love with mary tyler moore there's a whole like slave trade ring that they have to crack she eventually falls for like this like slick young advertising guy named jimmy but it turns out that both mary tyler moore and this jimmy character are actually like the wealthy kids of Carol Channing, who have been sent uh, out into the world to uh, live like a poor uh, for a while. And uh, yeah, they crack the they crack the uh, white slave trade ring uh, and then they all get married and they live happily ever after. That's basically it. That's right. As only good young white people can. Exactly. <laughs> OK, so you said it was kind of like, yes, it, succinct, perfect. It is over the top, I would say. What about that do you think appealed to you as a young prairie gay? Um, It's just like, I think it's like, was my first like kind of introduction to just like the earnest musical. Mm-hmm. Also like just like the campiness of like, let's tap dance in the elevator for no reason. And then, you know, just seeing Carol Channing, whatever Carol Channing is, that for some reason instantly, like if you have that gay string inside of you that like no one else really understands what she's doing but for you you're just like what is this messy haired huge eyed crazy character like you know with her strange way of talking and just singing and at one point she just there's no reason she has a musical number where she's just in the circus getting shot out of a cannon and she's just like she's just like a like a champagne drinking martini, like loving, you know, rich socialite that she just has that kind of, I don't know, there's just kind of that, there's a weird energy that I just think, I don't know, I'm just like, I want to be like that. Yeah, like you had that (laughs) dormant chip inside you and then that kind of activated it from that point on. It's like the first time you realize what the word fabulous. (laughs) And that it's you. You know what I mean? And then you're just like, I want to be that fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) And those are some, that's an ambitious goal with three women like that. Was there a specific one from the trifecta, the Holy Trinity, one might say, that you most identified with? Yeah, I mean, when I was, I wanted to be Julie Andrews when I was like, well, until mid-30s. Yeah. Until 30 seconds ago. (laughs) No, honestly, and this is no word of a lie, we... Uh, I had a gang with my two friends when we were like seven, I think, seven or eight. And um, we had 
we made a little clubhouse and then we were like, we need a name for our gang. And my suggestion was that we would call ourselves the Thoroughly Modern Millies. <laughs> and the reaction was? They were fine with it. I don't know what happened, but but so my friends, John Pack and Trent, uh, I think it was Trent Burvis, like, uh, yeah, we were in a gang for, we were in our, we had our, our cool gang of the Thoroughly Modern, and we had any jackets that said TMM on them. But you, because you could go and get letters put on a jacket so we got matching jackets that said tmm and so for some reason i'm just like totally proudly wandering around me like yeah it's our gang the thoroughly modern millies but i bet you like I mean, maybe i'm wrong i feel like it's such a niche film that probably a lot of people even if you said that's what it stands for that they wouldn't read that as like oh so you're a, a gang of gay children roaming the <laughs> well, street <laughs> my two friends who aren't gay didn't <laughs> well, uh that's for sure yeah i don't know i don't know what possessed possessed us to do that but uh yeah so i <laughs> i put a lot of stock into that movie please tell me you either have a photo of this jacket or you have this jacket oh god no it's long since long since gone i think they were like red this is devastating i think they were like red satin i was i'm imagining like a pink ladies thing so like those cheap red satin jackets well it was right around the time of greece where that was like the thing you did like if you could get yourself matching jackets you know right. in either black satin or red satin then you were that was the coolest thing i don't know i think one of one of them must have had access to like a lot of satin i think that there was like like leftover jackets from like a t-ball team or something that we just got and then we were like let's make our own jacket but it was great <laughs> i think maybe that's what we need in this new world because a lot of people talk about you know when this is done let's not go back to normal let's find the new normal and i think part of that new normal should include roving gangs and matching costumes yeah satin matching satin jackets with like very very obscure campy <laughs> film names on them Pick a made-for-TV musical movie. Yeah. Like, all, all I want to do is to just roll up and see the, just, like, a bunch of guys on motorbikes in purple satin jackets that say the B. Arthurs <laughs> on the back of them. With the B.A.s. You have to, because you have to appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. You're, you're like, oh, wow, is that B.A. Baracus? No, it's B. Arthurs. It's, it's B. Arthurs. <laughs> Ever seen mod? Yeah. Wow. That's good. So was it these three ladies? Was there something after it? Or did this push you, like, hard the whole way through the bottleneck? No, no. I mean, like, that was, like, the kind of, like, first kind of thing where I was like, I want my life to be singing and dancing and fabulousness. And also there's like, yeah, there's drag in that movie too. Like where one of the characters has to dress up like Millie and then white slave trade. Uh, <laughs> and then he gets shot in the neck with a blow dart and he's asleep for like a bunch of times. But then, you know, so it, there's sort of that, that element of camp, I think, uh, has always kind of stayed with me and made me like, you know, begin to like really like musicals. And then probably the second there's two there's so that's the beginning then there's like the like kind of like 10 11 year old where you're like still just like at first you're just like i'm just a kid who likes to sing and dance <laughs> you know but then you get around 11 and you're like wait a minute there's like more to this and that probably would be uh i'm gonna pin that on paul lind squarely on the shoulders of paul lind whoa yeah mostly just because a kind of from Hollywood Squares, but also you probably won't remember this because <laughs> you're not a hundred like I am. But uh, <laughs> back in the '70s, there used to be a lot of 
Paul Lynn would often be on Donnie Marie uh-huh. on the Donnie and Marie show. And he was always he would be like a mean, um, not really mean, but he was always kind of like snippy. Like he had like a lemonade stand. And he'd always be like trying to poison the kids or whatever. Be like, yes, you know, yes. like, why do you got to be such a little snot about it? <laughs> and then uh, and then he occasionally had his own Halloween, like Paul Lynn's Halloween special, which you can see, I think, on YouTube where he has Kiss as the musical guest. Oh, whoa. And it's it's pretty amazing. But like there was just something about instantly like where when as like an 11 year old kid, when you see Paul Lynn, you're like, who is what is that? Why is he so funny? And why am I that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember Paul Lind from, I was born in the early 80s, but I remember Paul Lind from Hollywood Squares. Absolutely. He, I always picture him in a really bold ascot. Yeah, yeah. he had, he often had an ascot and like, he rocked an ascot. Those polyester shirts. and Yes, and that was, that was like, a th- I mean, he wasn't, I don't know, was he married? Like, that was, I feel like, the tail end of where you could be sort of like a fabulous man, and you would, it was sort of a Liberace style where you didn't get pinned as being gay, per se. Well, no, it was that was back in the days where it was like, everyone knew what it was, like, all the adults, but no one ever, you didn't ever say it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, they would, you know, ask him questions on Hollywood Squares about, like, your wife, and he'd be like, my what now? <laughs> you know, and you're like... Right. Uh, so it was always innuendo, and those were all, that was, like, all the jokes there's probably like a, you know there's a darker tragic side to all of that stuff too oh a hundred percent to pull in yeah but for like a, the 11 year old kid were you just like yeah i don't know it just like his innuendo and his sense of humor and just that sort of i don't know there was just like there's just like an unspoken level of other that you're like and uncle arthur he was uncle arthur on bewitched too yeah totally. but he was like i think that's like so that's like the kind of the second thing once you're like throwing like it's like the combo of Julie Andrews singing and dancing in the hills mixed with like the acerbic wit of Paul Lynn. And for him, like him and Donnie and Marie, like that's already some big hair fabulosity. For, so for him to pop out of that, like that's quite a North Star of... Yeah, and it's also there's something like where it's like sort of like they're the wholesome, like we're the wholesome normies and then he's like the weirdo, but they still like him. Yeah. Like they actually quite like him a lot and he's always on, but he's clearly a weirdo and he's clearly not you know the uh, the wholesome goody two shoes that they are <laughs> so you i think you were going on to a third one and i interrupted you was is there more this is, that's my three track so it goes it's like thoroughly modern millie slash julie andrews and anything she's in uh then then paul lind uh and then then the teen and then my teen years which i can pin on like the the actual game <laughs> right, the slightly sexualized aspect i'm like rather than just fully gay personality but then it becomes sexualized in your like teens uh when you're just like oh yeah i think i actually might like enjoy penises <laughs> where it's like um you know you hit puberty and like for a while because it's like pre-puberty you're just like a you're like a funny kid yeah uh but then there's that point where everyone starts to, like, to get concerned though i remember like the tragedy of like junior high when like all my friends were girls and then suddenly they started liking boys and then suddenly like we're in southern Alberta, and all they do is like they just want to drive up and down the strip in a car to flirt with the boys who are driving down up and down the strip in the car and then the, like the, the day they sort of like tell you like a terrible Muriel's wedding like you can't come with us in the car anymore because you know we're going to flirt with boys and we don't want to have a boy in the car and you're like but I have nothing else to do oh god I know the moment I think that's why everyone that's why there's like that's that's the sort of 
I think that's the gay hook of Muriel's wedding. Yeah. People are like, why is it so popular with the gays? Is it ABBA? And you're like, no, it's because there's a moment where all of her friends suddenly say, we don't want to hang out with you anymore. You can't come with us. You bring us down. Yeah, that sense of a band. And for pretty much like a certain age of gay kid, we've all had that moment where all of our girl, all of our friends that were girls are like, yeah, we don't want you to come to this party because I'm trying to get Jake to talk to me and he doesn't talk to me when you're around. And you're like, but I also want to get Jake to talk to me. So how do I figure into this triangle? I know. So, But you don't know. But I, yeah, I mean, I don't really know. I can't articulate that at the time. So I don't really know. So what is left for me then is to uh, watch movies on my, on the new VHS player <laughs> or rent movies. Uh, so, and that's when, that brings me around to the third thing, which is is that I fully blame uh, Julian Sands in a room with a view. Okay. As George. Yes. Because he's so hunky and just standing in the field and then he like kisses her in the field. And then there was like what was my, at that time, teenage porn. is very different from kids nowadays. <laughs> uh, whereas like there's a scene in that movie where him and Freddie and Mr. Beeb suddenly decide to go skinny dipping at the watering hole. And they're like, there's like a, five minute scene where they're all naked and they're just swimming in this watering hole and then at a certain point like they get out and they're like walking up the path and then the women come down the path and then they kind of stumble upon each other and then he does like a kind of monkey dance and jumps into the thing <laughs> but you can see everything that was my that was my first full frontal male nudity oh my god julian sands in room with a view and i wore that tape out late at night like after everyone had gone to bed going back to rewind to watch the skinny dipping scene over and over again like it was porn i was just gonna say so the film would play and then when it got to the skinny dipping scene suddenly something was wrong with the tape just for five minutes and then it came right back yeah it's sad really okay so he was like we've got julian julian sands yeah it's julian sands yeah with like these nice sort of like um white not a blouse i almost call it a blouse a white a button-up shirt and like the suspenders and a bit of a tan suit situation lounging in a wheat field or a grass field yeah when they're like standing in the grass and his hair's all blowing and then sounds great they have to pretend they don't love each other but then they do but they don't but they do and you're like i can also relate to this forbidden aspect yeah and again you especially that movie's got maggie smith and judy dench there in supporting roles to you know add to the character <laughs> <laughs> it was you love a diva and um yeah, but I think that, yeah, that was the thing that really pushed, like, this, like, where I'm like, okay, I've been watching, I've been watching Julian Sands, but go into this water more times than I can say I'm researching uh, what it looks like for someone to dive into water. The scientific properties of a butt impacting water. Yeah. Which is uh, totally, you know, every boy is interested in how that works. It's buoyancy. That's what it was. Buoyancy. buoyancy. <laughs> it was a science project for boys. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Those are the three things I would blame. Had I had, I had something to blame or thank for my, uh, my being queer. Well, I feel like any of those could easily do it on their own, but together... Oh, yeah. That's why I'm... That's why I turned out very gay. It's like standing in front of a microwave for the first 11 years of your life. Yeah. For God's sake. Well, you also... You talked about Julie Andrews in Thoroughly Modern Millie, but you said any Julie Andrews movie... And this is hard to isolate because I want to say her queerest film, Victor Victoria... It is kind of. But maybe it's too overt. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it was just later. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true, too. I mean, it just came later for me. But I mean, yeah. 
there's just something yeah i don't know what it is i don't know if it's just like the sound of music or that she always had like kind of a boyish haircut yeah yeah there's just something i don't know what it is that i was but i was obsessed i would like take my mother's grad dress and the sound and like a tape player with like the sound of music and go and like spin in the coolies <laughs> behind my house reenacting the sound of music that was gonna be my next question did you ever dress up like any of these people for halloween as an opportunity or like you talked about the drag influence of thoroughly modern millie I mean, not for Halloween, just for my own amusement. Just, just Tuesday. I did. I did. Yeah. I mean, I was doing drag shows for my own amusement and my own self or just the neighbor kids. Like when I was like very small <laughs> and and quite and like also long into my teens. Like I, I have a video somewhere of me in like a pencil skirt and a blouse with like a wig that because uh, I used to have a record player in my basement that I now have in my house but it was like uh, we had the soundtrack to Funny Lady not Funny Girl but Funny Lady uh, which is the second part of Funny Girl and um, lesser known uh, but there's like a number where like uh, Barbara Streisand is doing this like I got a blind date waiting to come around da, 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 any minute now Oi, but I'm nervous <laughs> listen to my heart pound anyways so I have a video of me doing like a whole lip sync to that in drag in my basement by myself, which I showed to my French class in high school just for fun. What is wrong with me? Well, that's what this is what I was going to say. Were you fearless? Were you oblivious? Like what was happening that you were essentially like the drag madam of your street? I think I just liked being entertaining. And those were the things that I thought were funny and entertaining. I mean, it wasn't always right. I would do lots of kind of shows of whatever, but I had no, I never had any problem being like, oh, now I'm going to do this number from Funny Lady. It never read as taboo to you or did the, the fun factor just outweigh the tabooness? I just think everything I did was tab. I like, I grew up Mormon in Southern Alberta. So like Christ. everything I did was taboo. Everything I liked, everything I wanted to do was taboo. Like there, you know, the the standard Mormon boy was you did basketball, football, and scouting, and that was it. And women, and you could you could get a tiny maybe little pass if you like sang. You know what I mean? Like you could be one of the BYU uh, like musical theater people. Uh, their code, but you know it wasn't acceptable. Yeah. So I just basically, and my sisters were like pretty judgment like we were, <laughs> we're pretty like everybody's pretty like hard on each other it was very much like growing up in the Connors. so um yeah I mean I just I didn't really worry about it because I was just a weirdo and I knew I was a weirdo so I may as well just go like just do what I liked and you just found some good weirdo role models to kind of latch on to in lieu of real life ones yeah and then people would like and also, if you can be funny, then it doesn't matter because they laugh at you being a weirdo or they start to laugh with you because it's entertaining them. And then, you know, then you're golden or you end up ha trying to be, a, you know, have a career as a Canadian comedian. <laughs> but it's, so it's, it's like a curse. No, I can't complain. I've done I've done very, I'm very happy with that choice. It's worked out very well for me. But, um, you know, so but it's yeah, I guess that's it. I didn't really worry about it because and I didn't even think to worry about it because I guess there was enough people that found it entertaining that it overwhelmed the people who were like, get away from me, you weirdo. Because <laughs> they were as they yelled it and threw those tin cans, they were laughing. Yeah. So it felt like love. Yeah, exactly.
You just avoided the tin can. <laughs> Please, they're everywhere anyway. Well, thank you so much for giving me my next list of things to watch, including Funny Lady, which is something I've never heard of. Oh, it's not great, but it's not bad. The soundtrack is great, but the movie itself... Oddly not the, the line they use for the poster. I mean, if you... It depends. Like, it's still, like, the second part of fanny bryce's life but it's like you know it's the sad getting divorced part and realizing she's <laughs> married a compulsive gambler that they can't stay together part so it's worth it for that a couple of numbers i'll do it i'll check that out if you can get over your hair phobia may i recommend the uh soothing pastels and peacoats of queen's gambit i will like i i will enjoy watching it just for the fashions it's reason enough but before i let you go i would like to play a quick game do you like games gavin yeah sometimes <laughs> great i do i am i am uh game interested <laughs> okay perfect well here's one this game is called queer queerer queerist because it's very difficult to say. So in this game, the rules are very simple. I'm going to list three things. Please put them in order from least queer to most queer. Okay. Fantastic. First thing, fashion blankets. I don't even know what a fashion blanket is. Fashion blanket. Oh, you is mean like a throw? Like just yes, like a. It doesn't keep you warm. It's just there to decorate your home. Or yeah, okay. I'm I'm willing to allow that. I would also say blankets as apparel that you would wear out of the house is that a thing it's a thing i've seen it i've seen people in lieu of a coat scarf combo just wearing a whole blanket this is fashion um i just really have to picture it uh if you google fashion blanket or like i'm gonna just like i'm gonna so wait i have to rank that now or do i get other things oh no you're gonna get your two other things okay so, so that's so there's again. fashion blanket maybe all will be revealed the second one is claw crane games you know those games where uh, you move the joystick right. and you try and... Yeah, yeah. So that's number two. The third one is anything with a vehicle as a protagonist. God, these are all hard. Uh, Go with your gut. I'm just going to say like... And, and why. That's a critical point. So rank them and tell me why. I was going to say things with a vehicle as a protagonist, I'm going to put high on the list. At first I was like, no, that's like a straight thing. But then I'm like, no, not really. Because what are they? Knight Rider, Herbie the Love Bug... And Herbie the Love Bug is 100% queer. Like, first of all, just look at that car. It's a bug. The gayest car in the world, except for a PT Cruiser. Ooh, shady. And, you know, like a sentient beetle who's always, like, doing good deeds. Uh, so I think that that's... I'm trying to think what other, like, things have a car as the protagonist. Yeah, for sure. Herbie would be the... Herbie and Knight Rider, I think, the most popular. Yeah, Herbie and Knight Rider. And Knight Rider, it, well, Knight Rider, just the voice, because it's like... What's his name? And everything about Knight Rider reads to me retroactively is queer. I yeah, I mean, it's just like a muscly, yeah, David Hasselhoff and his like leather jackets and things like that, basically like riding around in the night with early Siri. Let's call it what it is. <laughs> That's right. That was, yeah. Whereas like <laughs> back in the day, there was a whole show about a car that had Siri. Previously on early Siri. It's literally what it was. It was like, oh, <laughs> like isn't that just a sat-nav system? Come on, Michael. <laughs> yeah. Don't be rude. Yeah, so I'm gonna put that. I'm gonna put that high. I'm gonna say that's most queer. Okay. I'm gonna put fashion blankets. Uh, this is a really hard one because I feel like any self-respecting queer person wouldn't go out of the house in a blanket. <laughs> However, but I feel like it, you know it would take a, a certain type of queer to take a blanket and make it fashion. So uh, 
I'm going to put that second. Yeah. Can you picture like a nice Canadian queer walking around with like a Hudson's Bay blanket draped over their shoulder? Yeah. Like I, I could see it being made into like a kind of a glam. It's really all in the how you carry it. Yes. Less much the blanket, which therefore makes it fairly queer, I think. <laughs> uh, but I'm not a good, I'm not a real fashion queer and not, I'm not very designy. So um, mm. that might be my own bias. Uh and then, uh, and then I guess I'm going to put those claw machines because by default, does it depend on what's inside? It's like I feel like they're a ripoff. Now I'm going to get in trouble <laughs> because I feel like those are a ripoff, and the queer people know that because you don't ever the claw doesn't have enough rip to get that prize, and I feel like you have to be straight to keep falling. <laughs> okay, but isn't if we're going stereotypical, isn't like a weak wristed sort of pine hand a bit queer no 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 because that's an actual weak wristed pine hand instead of the show weak wristed pine hand that has actually got quite a firm grip if you get at home that's right fair game <laughs> okay okay so because it's a grift it's for because the the weak ripped that's just for let that's just to let other people know okay that's just an that's just an advertisement. Right. That's a flare gun. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Flare okay. guns also quite good. Flare guns are quite good. Firework adjacent. Yes. Uh so I'm gonna put that's where I'm gonna so from uh yeah, most is car uh car protagonist shows, then fashion blankets, and then the claw machine. I mean, yeah, I don't have any complaints about that. Although I as a queer person, I still I still do play claw crane games. Do you love a claw machine? There was a one family vacation when we went to San Francisco and along the Pacific coast, which already is sounding very gay. Yeah. And my brother and I learned to like crack the system basically and beat those things. Well, see, that's why I was going to put it partly ahead of fashion blankets because hey, I don't really know what fashion blankets are. And um, also, <laughs> yeah, for general locale, like, because it's usually like in an arcade setting or something and... It gives you something to sort of focus on while you don't want to be doing the other dumb activities that everyone else is doing. So it's like, <laughs> it's a good, like, I'm going to go over here and be by myself and maybe hope that that, you know, one guy over there will uh, come over and be like, oh, you hooked the this? Amazing. You caught a Care Bear. Hey, yeah. want some candy, kid? Yeah, exactly. So there's that. Okay, so so you win. And, <laughs> Thanks. Uh, congrat- very exciting. Congratulations. And uh, and I want to thank you because I, I was already queer when we started the Zoom call, and this conversation has made me much queerer than before. <laughs> Probably, at least for 70s <laughs> things anyways. <laughs> That's right. Center square. Uh, so before I let you go, is there anything you want to plug, Gavin? <laughs> it's the middle of a pandemic. I'll be appearing <laughs> in my bathtub uh, every day uh, for the next two weeks. Uh, no, I mean, obviously, check out Because News on CBC Podcasts or CBC Radio 1 Saturdays. Come, the podcast comes out Fridays. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be there talking about the news till the news ceases to exist. <laughs> Which hopefully will happen soon yes. for our mental health. Yeah. Other than that, uh, yeah, pretty good, Sweet. good times. Uh, well, listen, enjoy your mealworms. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Thanks. I look forward to it. Prongles. Choose prongles. I don't know which will be the worst snack that I'm going to have. Like shrimp prongles or mealworms. But uh, in either case, it beats sourdough. <laughs> Enjoy the protein. Okay, thank you so much, Gavin. That is our show today. Remember, as of today, 
March 18th, Thursday, March 18th, we are now a once a week show. There is no more Monday episode. Once a week is more than enough. I gotta whet your appetite and leave you wanting more. And me sleeping more. So it's a win-win from my perspective. As always, please send in your letters about anything to youmademequeer@gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. Give me some ideas for queer, queerer, queerist. Let me know your queer origin story. Lend me the password to your Disney Plus account. So many things you can do. The choice is yours. The email is mine. You made me queer at gmail.com. That's all I'm trying to say. As always, if you like this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really, really means so much. I am so grateful for it. Thank you. And if you like this podcast, tell a friend. Uh, we are a baby podcast. We are young. No one can tell us we're wrong, in the words of Pat Benatar. Love is truly a battlefield, but we belong. What's my point? My point is uh, spread the word about this podcast if you like it. Okay, I will see you next week, next Thursday. But for now, cue credits. You Make Me Queer is created, produced, and edited by me, Trevor Campbell. Our theme song is by the illustrious Critty. For more of her music, check out lavenderbruisers.bandcamp.com. Our website is youmademequeer.com. Our Instagram handle is at youmademequeer. New episodes of You Made Me Queer come out every Thursday. That is it. Just Thursday. Okay. From the bottom of my big old queer heart, I want to say thank you, as always, for listening. And until next time, remember, we're here, we're queer, and it's your fault.